Welcome to Quick Shots, a short format traditional archery podcast, where we introduce you to some of the world's most influential traditional archers, and occasionally, some random dudes. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mick Chambers. I'm here with John, wingman115, uh, content creator and uh, single string archer. Hey John, how are you? I'm doing well, Mick. Thank you for having me on the show. Dude, I really appreciate you doing this. I, I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm a bit of a fan, uh, if you hadn't noticed. And so uh, you've been doing this a long time. You've been a content creator a long, long time. And uh, man, the stuff you're doing is, is, been, is, is fantastic. I love everything you do. Thank you. Uh, been on YouTube 15 years this year. Wow. So seen a lot of changes uh you know with anything you got to roll with the changes if you want to stay relevant it's been a fun ride and uh what i liked most about being a content creator is uh meeting folks like yourself and uh, people in the industry and just able to have a positive impact on uh the sport and it, it's just been a fun ride so far that it's great. And it's so great that you, I, you know, your content is so diverse, um, but it's really about the same thing. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you, you, you do reviews, you do interviews, you do, uh, you do single string archery stuff. Um, but Hey, I, I, you, I, you can tell when you're using a bow, the passion that you have for it. It's, it's amazing. So I really love that. So I want to talk a little, Thanks. I, I, I want I want to talk a little bit about that and what your origin story is. Like, when did you start? When did you pick up a bow and uh, what got you into single string archery? Well, I started out, I one, let's go way back to the beginning. I grew up in northern Maine. Uh, my parents uh, had a homestead up in a little town called Portage Lake, Maine, population about 500 people. And my grandfather was a logger. My dad was a logger for a time. Then he was a heavy equipment mechanic. And uh, all my family was avid outdoorsmen. My mother deer hunted. She's avid fisherman. So I was exposed to the outdoors and uh, outdoor living in a variety of different genres as far as like hunting with powder burners. I had a trap line. And then um, my dad in the 60s purchased a Browning Cobra. And I did a video on that bow. I saw uh, basically the origins of that bow. And um, as a teenage boy shooting your dad's recurve, he was kind of getting like a little, eh, I don't want you to touch my bow, son. You know, you know, you know we all got our favorite rig and we don't want yeah. the kids messing with our rig. Yeah. So from my 15th birthday was 1980. My dad bought me a bear whitetail hunter. It was a compound bow. But the compound bows back then were a lot different than the compound bows of today. Back then, we weren't using releases and a lot of us weren't using bow sights. So I was basically shooting that compound bow like a traditional bow except I had some lead off which was nice because being 15 that bow went from I think 45 pounds up to 60 pounds 
and you know, you're out there slinging arrows all day. I mean, it'd wear you out, but we would go to the horse ranch in town, get some hay bales. Back then they were a quarter a piece. I, they're probably like 20 something bucks now a piece. It's crazy. And, um, my dad and I would shoot in the yard and my dad, I remember growing up and my throwing Frisbees in the air and my dad popping Frisbees with his Browning Cobra. So we would hunt, you know, I, I, I never harvested a deer with my bow, but many of cottontails and tree squirrels and such like that. And it was just a great time growing up in that environment. So it's kind of, it reminds you of your childhood, basically, you know, yeah. and all the good times. Yeah. Growing up in, uh, on the East, on the East side, you're on the West side now. Oh, extreme. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, the Navy, the Navy brought me out here in 1984 and I met my wife. Uh, we celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. So I'm showing my age there uh, just like a week ago. But um, after I get out of the Navy, I, uh, I stayed here in SoCal because with as much as the stigma that California gets, you know, with this and that, yeah, it's such a beautiful, diverse state as far as scenery. We have Yosemite. We have Big Sur, you know, we have the Mojave Desert and there within two hours, I can be at the beach or I can be in the local mountains. So that's a lot of different eco transition areas to hunt, to fish, to explore, to hike. I, mount, I used to mountain bike race and things like that. So I just love the topography out here now as far as like hunting with a trad bow out here is tough because these muleys yeah, they're, they're so pressured there's so many people with the powder burners with the muzzle loaders with the compound archers it's tough to get within that 30 yard and under range with a long bow and a recurve it can be done but it is extremely hard uh, but it's fun. Yeah. I've, I've chased through the past couple of years and, um, I've, I've had a couple where I've, I've drew on them, but they were outside that comfort range where I felt I could take a good ethical shot on them. And I, you know, having the experience and maturity now, it's like, okay, let down and just, you know, experience this another day. And it, it's just fun getting out in the woods with our friends and having a good time. So what, are, what, what bow are you shooting currently? What's your, Oh favorite? my gosh. <laughs> I'm pro- I'm are like you one of these it? guys that grabs like a million different types of bows? It's like, I, I got to have a different one every day. Uh, if my wife knew exactly how many bows I have, I would probably not be married for 35 years. It's in, I have an addiction, but uh, right now, and you interviewed him, Ray Fletcher yep, from right. Riverbend Longbows. Uh, I purchased a bow from Ray probably about six, seven months ago. And um, I told him my draw length. I told him because I have a short draw. I'm, um, I'm a short guy. I'm 5'6". So my draw is about 26 and a half inches. Okay. And um, I wanted a 45-pound bow at that draw length. And he did it to where uh, it was 50 at 28. So when I, 
it measured perfect 45 at 26 and a half. So I've been shooting that um, quite a bit. Before that, um, I had a shrew. Yeah. I have the uh, the classic, and uh, that's a really nice bow. Uh, Ron LeClaire and Henry Bodnick. I mean, those guys. I mean, I've done reviews on all these bows, and they're just outstanding. And as far as, uh, like, the economy bows for, for folks to get into just starting out, the uh, Southwest Archery bows are very good. The Stingray. Uh, there's, I mean, I've reviewed, I think three of them, uh, the ghost takedown longbow, very good and affordable for folks. There's just a lot of stuff and it, you know, you probably deal with it too. It's hard to practice when you're bouncing around with different bows, you know, yeah, and I have a stomach discovery too, that I want to shoot that, but you want to give them all love, but there's only so much time in the day. That's so true. I mean, I, I think there's so many of us are like that. It's hard to be like, like a master of, you know, it's hard to get, it's hard to get really, really good because you pick up a different bow. It's a different feeling and, and you love it for that different feel. Right. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta tune, you gotta tune yourself to that bow sometimes and not the, yep. you know, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I love your reviews. I mean, you do this, that I, I feel like uh, I want to talk about your channel for a little bit. Sure. Because, um, and, and I just want to touch on this because you love single string archery, you love traditional archery and you know how people can tell, um, the review, the, the number of views you get on your, your archery reviews compared to all the other cool stuff that you do. Yeah. It's low. I mean, it's low. I mean, you, you do a pellet gun review. It's a uh, 50,000 views. You do, yeah. you know, a single string. It's like in the thousands. Um, which, by the way, anyone listening to this, go watch those. I mean, all those bows that, that John just mentioned, um, you know, go see those reviews. You do a great job of breaking it down and making it making people feel comfortable, you know, bringing people in. And I always feel comfortable when I I, I hear this wingman. Uh, do do your intro. Wingman 115. That's so good. <laughs> wingman so 115. Good. Check it in. Check it in. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. It's so it's so uh it just makes me feel like I go, I got to watch that. Um, but anyway, but you know, you're doing all these great other, these other great things too. And I want people to understand that are listening to this, like go watch those. I, I right. dig, I dig pellet guns and air guns. And I don't, I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong nomenclature, but no, it's fine. Yeah. But I, I, you know, and I watch your reviews for that. I watch your reviews for your knife reviews uh, because you know what? I love archery and I love single string archery, but I, I kind of dig, you know, having a cool knife too, once in a while. And, and you know, and... well, you know, if people are hunting and fishing sometimes, and I saw this a lot in the mountain bike genre when, uh, when I used to race, people get so myopic in their own little genre that they become like a silo where they don't think outside the box on stuff. And I think trad archery is more of a social thing to me anyway, yeah. Yeah. going out with family, friends. I, I bought my daughter uh, a rig recently and I'm trying to give her some instruction on that. And um, it's just good quality time. And I always advocate that in the videos is grab a youth 
teach them they're the future of our sport. If my dad hadn't grabbed me at a young age, I probably wouldn't be shooting a bow today. Um, I took a little time off, you know, life. Sometimes your dad and you work and you got things going on, but you always had that experience and you can always come back to it and draw from those experiences that you have. Uh, as far as competing, I don't, I don't compete a lot. Um, one, just because I don't have the time uh, with my job. I work a lot of weekends and holidays, but I, I tend not to go down that route because I do archery more as a relaxation for me. I have a little range on the side of my house. I get off work. I grab the bow. I'll shoot 50 arrows. I decompress for the day where it's like, I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just looking at a target. And if I start competing, like I used to do, like in mountain bike riding, then I get, I'll get burned out because I get too obsessive on stuff. So I like um, just going out, having fun. I have friends over. We'll, we'll shoot here in the yard and play games and, like Greg Richards from 3D Archery um, saw the channel. We dialogue back and forth. He made me a bunch of uh, 3D targets, you know, and we put them out and we play around with them or we'll take them out in the woods and do it as well. It's just a great time. So, hey, you know, Greg, so did, did um, he move? Did he move out that, that way? Uh, he went to Louisiana. Oh yeah, he's in Louisiana. That's yeah, right. he had a job uh, offering down there, and he took it. And uh, he's been doing pretty good down there. I watched a video today. Uh, oh, the Louisiana for, one. Yeah. yeah, he's well. He went to Mississippi for this three D. Yeah, Mississippi, shoot. right? Yeah. But he's such a great advocate for the sport. And he's you know, really I think mean, I mean, what's that? He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, I kind of. You two guys are kind of those the, those channels that I, I I ping all the time. Like I, I'm always on on and off your channels. You you in 3D archery, so it's Thank pretty you. good. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he, his buddy. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm having a brain freeze because I've been up for quite a few hours today. Um, <laughs> with the knocking point, the knocking point guy. Yeah. He's really good too, and he. <laughs> I have to blame him for my addiction for the Bear 76ers and the Minuteman because he started shooting those. And it. I remember as a kid, I always wanted one of those Bear 76ers. It was just – I because I grew up in that genre, you know. Yeah. 1976, I was 11 years old. So it was like that was the thing. And because we lived so far out in the sticks, nobody carried – that stuff and back in the day you either had to order stuff through the sears catalog or like service right. merchandise yeah. and it was just a bear to get that right no pun intended it's bad but bear was <laughs> the brand that they carried bear was yeah. the brand they carried yeah and a lot of times they rebranded it a, a bear bow had sears on it so oh, i didn't know that i don't remember oh that. yeah yeah there's there's a couple uh models that they had um like that but yeah. um Ben Pearson's, they had, uh, oh, yeah. they had, yeah, it was, it was a, it well, was a great time. I, I have a Colt firearms bow that I'm going to do a review on. And that was, most of them were made either by wing archery or by Ben Pearson. Then they rebadged him with the Colt firearm logo on there. Right. But because of that, 
they were one of the first big sponsors for the Vegas Open in the 60s. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's – and that's what I like to do uh, with these older bows is research the history because there's a lot of great history and stories behind that. When I was doing the video on my dad's browning, Cobra, I found out that they were made here in San Diego. Uh, Gordon Plastics, who worked a lot of the aerospace community, that time San Diego was a huge aerospace community. Uh, they invented a lot of the really high-end fiberglass and the adhesives and stuff. So Browning outsourced it to Gordon Plastics to build. So... <laughs> That was kind of cool. Uh, and it's like, okay, I think I'm living in the here where dad's bow was made. That was, I mean, that was I, awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. You come back. Yeah. That's, that's, that's bone. That's kind of bone chilling. You know, it's a, it's a great story. You know, like it's like, wow, that just came right back around on me. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing all these research. You're loving these older bows. Is there, um, and you don't, and you don't compete, I, which I agree with. I mean, if people are, people, sh I feel like sometimes people feel like they're being forced into competition. And I worry about that. I worry about that because people shouldn't have to feel like they, they need to compete right. to be an archer. I mean, it's really what you said initially. It's like, it's about decompressing. It's about being with family. It's about archery is, uh, uh, tried archery is about uh, his family, really. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's about camping. It's about getting out, out in the outdoors. It's, it's just about having fun. And I think we push, maybe sometimes we push a little bit and I do it too. I'm, I'm guilty of it a little bit about, um, you know, talking to a lot of competitors, but I mean, guys like you, again, you, you just, you have more passion. I, I feel like you have more passion than, than even some competitors. Right. I mean, for, for archery. So it's, it's really nice to see, man. Well, the thing, the thing with that is I always look back, you know, I read a lot of the old books. I mean, I, I brought a bunch out here to show later on, but like with Howard Hill hunting the hard way and things like that. Yeah. Um, John Schultz, when he was talking about Howard Hill, he, he studied under Hill yeah. um, many years ago. And he was talking about where Howard told him, you either got to, you got to pick one or the other. Are you going to be a hunter? Or are you going to be a competitor? Because the two, you, you can't be both, you know, and be in Excel at it. You know, yeah, there's always exceptions to the norm. There's always a phenom that comes up that can, that can do both. But it's a totally different mindset hunting as opposed to shooting targets or shooting 3D targets. And, um, it's funny you say that um, because, you know, I just I was watching another podcast and and one of the guys on there, an expert was, you know, an archery expert, um, uh, uh, well, respecting the community um, was just saying, you know, it's like it, it, they're not different. They're not all that different. Right. But I, 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 I kind of disagreed with that. I, you know, most of the stuff that was on the show was fantastic, but it was just that one piece. I'm like. I, I think you, I think you're right. I think you, and even our, our target, our, our archery target season kind of overlaps with hunting. And when you do that, you know, you're getting ready with your target gear and then you got to go into your hunting mode. And there's, there's all these different aspects of being a hunter. It's not just 
hey, I can shoot a bow. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like sniper training, you know, being a sniper and going to sniper school. It's like uh, anyone can shoot a rifle, dude. It's not that's like that's like one tenth of what you need to to do. There's a, there's a hundred people that are really, really good. And I think people don't understand that about snipers. It's like, yeah, you get a scope and you get windage. You got a guy that's telling you what to do and where to aim. It's it's hard, but it's not it's not the hardest part of being a sniper. You know, it's, it's camouflage and concealment. It's all these other things that go along with that. It's uh, surveillance and, you know, just getting into the right spot at the right time. Um, and so the, I, I agree with uh, archery. I feel like, I feel like um, there's so many other, there's so many other aspects of hunting and I'm just not, and I'm saying that and I'm not good at any of those. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what your experience on hunting is. It sounds like you, you, you've gone out and you've done quite a bit. Well, we, it, I've done more on the air gun side out here just because of accessibility. Yep. Um, and I mean, you have to understand, like I said earlier, hunting mule deer out here in SoCal is tough because it's a lot of open country. Yep. It's hilly. You know, guys that are using powder burners it's easy to get a shot at 150 to 300 yards. You know, you can see that do your spot stalking and things like that. I see deer all the time. I'm in the woods on a lot of my days off, but a lot of times they're a hundred yards or more away because of the way the terrain is. And, yeah. you know, the only time in a lot of my videos, you're going to see me in these heavily pine forests and things like that. It looks beautiful, but that's that. 5,500 feet elevation. If I'm down at 4,000 feet, it's now sagebrush and maybe some oak trees and things like that. It's a totally different game then as far as it's going to be, you're going to play hell spot stalking at 4,000 feet. At 5,500 feet and above, yeah, you, you might have a chance or you can put a tree stand up in a known area. But like I said, the pressure so much, you're competing against powder burner. You know, as soon as powder burner season starts, I mean, these deer are so skittish. The wind's blowing a certain way and they're gone, you know. It's not like in Maine where I go behind my mom and dad's house and it's just wilderness. So I could walk for 150 miles and not cross another road. Here, you know, you're, you're going to bump into people left and right. And it's just nuts. But, you know, we... I've been trying jackrabbit hunting with a bow. That is tough, you know, but we go out and we have fun, you know, we're doing cottontail hunting and things like that. And it's, and like I say, in my arrogant videos, it's not about the harvest. It's about the camaraderie with your family, with your friends. It's about sitting around a campfire at night and just telling crazy stories about how you slipped going down a hill and you fell head over heels and, how you burnt the breakfast or whatever, you know, it's just a great time. And those are things that we talk about in those moments that you don't get with a video game or you don't get, you know, with some other, you know, Oh, I watched this football game. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember that. Now you're going to remember the time the old man slipped down a bank and was going crazy. You know, that's the sort of stuff. Yeah. It's a time. I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, those are, those are great memories and, uh, great way to make memories, you know, getting out with the family. Heck yeah, I, you know, and sometimes it's just your 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 buddies, your mates. So you just get out and and 
uh, we last year, me and a bunch of guys, we didn't hunt, but we just went camping. And I tell you, that was a great story. We had, it was the stupidest thing. We we're just like really local. It just went out camping, but you know, it's memories I'll remember forever. Yep. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, I've hunted with those guys too. And, and just some great hunting stories I've got um, just hanging around these guys and being outside and not, you know, not sitting on the couch anyway. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's, it's awesome, but I I'm, I'm kind of doing this a disservice, man. If you are going to sit on the couch, please wingman one, one, five, you know, <laughs> Greg or 3d archery. I, I'd rather have them be outside, <laughs> be outside. You can check me on your mobile device after you come back from the hunt. Yeah. I would rather you take a kid and teach them or, or a teenager, you know, and that's the excitement for me. My nephew, Jared, he's been featured on my channel a couple of times. We've done some metal detecting and things like that. And then my friend, Jaime, who's a, who's a archery instructor as well, um, teaching folks trad archery. But I like seeing it through my nephew's eyes of just the first time experiencing something. And his progression, uh, he's turned into a very good archer took instruction well and found his own style that works good for him. And he's, he's banging X's all day. And who am I to tell him that's the wrong way when, and that's the cool thing about trad archery is that we're all anatomically different and what might work for you, Mick might not work for me and vice versa. But if you have good form and you're not plucking strings and doing crazy stuff, yeah who cares if you're holding split finger or three under or your grip you're holding it you know with just your index finger it's if it works for you and you can consistently deliver that shot then you're doing it right and that's what i like about trad archery yeah and if you're having fun too right i mean Correct. yeah, yeah. If, you're having, if you're having fun i mean there's so many people out there willing to give advice that's great love it um but you know don't take the fun out of it don't take the fun out of it. Yeah. Don't suck the fun out of it. Just throw I it have it. bad days too. I mean, I'm, <laughs> there's times I'm shooting where <laughs> I can't hit the broadside of a barn. And that's, and that's the reality of it. You know, when, some of my videos, I do vlogs where I'll show, you know, just quick, a quick shot. And then I'll show, you know, yeah, I've got always got that one flyer. Just keeping it real to show that new person coming into the sport. Hey, this is a real person doing this that, yeah, they make mistakes too. So it's okay for me to make mistakes and, and learn from it. And it, yeah, yeah. You just have a good time. So, so we, we, you know, I want to get to, um, I want to get to, you know, what, what's some advice you would give someone that's brand new into the sport you've given a lot, but what's that one magic thing that you could tell us that um, would help a new archer? Don't overthink. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you first start and we, and we've all been there, we go, we pick up that bow, we start shooting and we're shooting really good and we get hooked. Then all of a sudden I start buying every book about, oh man, I, cause you know, we all want to learn. Right. And we deep dive in and it's telling you to do this and telling you to do this and like this and the best thing is don't read any books probably for six months. Yeah. Learn the basics of holding the bow correctly. Learn the basics of knocking an arrow, 
find um, what works good for you as far as holding that arrow on the string, whether it's Mediterranean or three under. Yep. And just practice the hell out of it. Um, if you're leaning more towards gap shooting, then practice that. If you're trying to learn more instinctive archery and that little Zen moment of trying to figure out the mind science of bringing it all together, more power to you or string walking, you'll find it eventually. It, it, what works for you. Did you say Zen archery? Did yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm coaching folks. You know, you know, what's funny, Mick, is when you're training somebody new and they hit the first bullseye and it all connects for them. You're right. You know, the grip drawing the anchor, the release, and, and they hit the mark and it's that euphoric feeling and you're just as excited for them that you were like, man, everything that I, it all came together, you know, and it's just that Zen moment. It's just fun times. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm teaching my wife to shoot. Um, and it's been years that she, she's always seen me shoot like hundreds of arrows a day. Um, but finally I got her a bow. We went out to, we went to a farm, uh, a friend of mine owns a farm and he, all the ladies were shooting. So they got her, like, we all went out for a second, the boys and, you know, we we're off on our own and the girls went off on their own that, and they grabbed her said, Hey, you got to learn to shoot, just learn to shoot. So anyway, so I didn't end up buying her a bow. Um, but then she comes home and I, I set her 15 yards, like just because I was shooting 15 yards. So I said, here, you can start here or whatever. She, so just with that small little bit of instruction, um, she was hitting our, a 3D. It was this, I have this little crummy 3D bear. Yeah. She, she had, she put 12 arrows into that bear. Nice. 15 yards. I'm like, that's really good. And she thought I was kidding. She thought I was trying to, to, to over encourage her to, so that she would keep doing it. I'm like, no one picks up a bow for the second time and hits at 15 yards that bear 12 times in a row or whatever. So I'm, I'm just like, yeah, it's amazing when you see someone that's, that's good at it and, and they actually do hit it because you're genuinely excited for them. You know, they've yeah. just learned, they've just learned a new life skill um, and they're, they're going to be able to, you know, improve and get better and better and better over time. So it's kind of exciting. I, I like it. I, I like almost it. equate it to like, I, I do art as well. Oh, and um, it's that almost that right brain, left brain hemisphere of just relaxing and just letting nature take its course. And that's when the magic happens. You know, it, it's something I always get excited when I, you know, and you've done it too, when you've released that string and you just, watch that arrow in flight and you just know it's going to hit the mark it just feels so good and that's what keeps me motivated where i have that passion for uh trad archery yeah it's that uh <laughs> it's there's an old golfer saying right it's like you're not saying but it's kind of a funny thing it's like yeah i had one good hole it was the 18th hole so i'm gonna come back and golf again you know like you'd have 17 bad holes but you have the 18th hole is a good one you're like I'm hooked on golfing. Yeah, I'm going to come do it. You can have a bad day shooting, but if you can just see that one arrow flight, and I think you touched on it earlier, right? It's it's just so relaxing and it's so gratifying and it's so you're doing something. And I love that you put the art together with this, man, because I, I agree with you. I don't think that 
um, archery, archery is a science. I mean, there, there's scientific principles behind archery, but there's, there's definitely that art to it. And I think that's what separates trad archers from compound bow shooters. Compound yeah. bow shooters are all scientific. Yeah. Trad archers are, it's an art. It's a study. I'm a martial artist. So, you know, it's not, it's not a martial science, right? There's no, everyone else, is, everyone's a little bit different. So you got to teach them and train them to move their body to their height, their weight, their size, their, their ability. And the same goes with archery. It's a little bit more of a, a an art, if you will. So I, I love that. Hey, did you, you know, here's an interesting story. Have, have you read the Zen in the art of archery? Uh, it's, I don't know. I, I gotta look to see if I have it. <laughs> I, I got so many books. I read like three or four books at a time. You do? Uh, oh lot. yeah. I'm just, I'm, I, I am truly part of the trad geek club. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, the witchery of archery. The witchery of archery. Yep. Then we got hunting the hard way. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Joel Turner's. Joel's a, a rock star. Yep. That was a very good book. Highly recommended. Um, Byron Ferguson, Becoming the Arrow. Yeah. Actually, this is one of my favorites. And um, funny story about this book. This is uh, Hidden Like Howard Hill by John Schultz. Yeah. And I had a viewer. I've been trying to find this book. It's been out of print for like forever. Yeah. And on one of the forums, I was like, man, does anybody know where I can purchase this book? Wait, it's coming um, in and out. I can't see it too, too well. Here, I'll focus on it. And I had a viewer contact me and goes, Hey, what's your address? I got, I have two of them. I'm, I'm going to send you one. No, I still, we still can't see it. Sorry. Yeah. You got, yeah. Yeah. Near, near your face. Just put it in front of your face. And now it's not going to work. <laughs> you got your background. You got that blur on the background. Oh, how about then, that? No, nah, it's not working. No? Okay. <laughs> it sees it as Maybe background. it's the background. Yeah. How about that one? No, it's geeky. Oh, oh we got uh, Fred Asbell. Here's another one that I highly recommended. Um, Instinctive Archery Insights. It's the Accelerated Learning Through Applied Psychology. And that one was really a really good book. Really? Talk, almost um, almost talking uh, as far as like manifest manifesting a shot. Okay. So very similar to how they teach uh, golfing. Um, hey, what are you? So are you an instinctive shooter? Uh, I try to be. <laughs> the problem is, here's the thing, Nick. Uh, I, I'm, I think we're all a little bit gap shooters. Yeah. And then after a while, we just don't think about the gap. Yeah, it we just, call that. Everything just starts. Yeah, we call that gap stinctive. Yeah. Yeah, you're aware of the tip, and then you, but you then just put your arm up to where it is for 15 for 20 yards, and and uh, unless and you know so. But Jeff Cavanaugh wrote, wrote, you know, write some great articles on instinctive uh, archery shooting too. And if you haven't, you, do you know who I'm talking about? Jeff Cavanaugh? Oh, I love Jeff. Uh, you know, some of my favorite videos and I wish he'd post more. I, he, won't, he won't. <laughs> when he has those darn oil, plastic oil jugs with a candle sticking out and it's swinging back and forth like a pendulum. Yeah. And then he's popping the popping the candles i mean he is such a great resource and he delivers um instruction in a way that's easy to digest for folks in in my humble opinion oh. that 
he, he doesn't come off as hey mr know-it-all yeah you know, no. just but he he has a way of presenting a topic that makes you want to sit there and watch and that's why i wish he would if he's watching damn it put up some more videos <laughs> I, I, he, he, he will watch this one um but i i will tell you that he he he's um I've tried to push push him to, to do more because I think that his voice is a pretty strong one in the, our community. So I think he's a leader. He he is one of these uh, unsung hero leaders of our community. Yeah. Right yeah. now, you know, I he gets a lot of respect in this community. Yeah, absolutely. That I don't think he's aware of. But uh, how many people like really treasure his opinion and what he has to say? And you know it's 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 um, from what I've seen it's it's international too. Yeah. It's like you know there's guys in Australia and there's guys you know in in uh, in Germany and they're like yeah Jeff Cavanaugh right you know so yeah he's really good but thank you for what you do too I mean you're oh. you're promoting it and this is the this is the deal he's st- he kind of originated you know trad archery channel right and then there's so many other great people that came along you're one of those guys you know that 15 years ago when you started you started putting up content it was interesting we got to follow your life we got to see you get a little bit older we got to see you you know do a lot you know just mature in your your um, execution on your channel i loved it i anyway um where can people find you if they want to get hold of you and talk to you about uh single string archery the easiest way is just Google wingman 115. I'm everywhere on I too many social media accounts to try to manage for one person, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, we're at the point now where we're getting between messages, direct messages and emails, probably hundred to 150 a day. And it's, it's hard to manage it all. We're, we're just a one person gorilla film crew. You know, we, every once in a while, my buddy Jaime joins in and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's tough. But we have we have fun, you know, and that's that's the whole thing. When I got into this, I started on YouTube. A lot of people don't realize YouTube was a dating site back in the day. Really? I don't, I don't Not know. that I was out there looking for a date. <laughs> Here's what happened. In like 05, they were a dating site. Then around 06, they started being more of like um, a way to post family videos and things like that. So I just started posting backpacking trips and things. I was a scout leader for a lot of years. And folks said, hey, why don't you start posting videos on some of the gear that you use so the scouts know what to bring? So I was like, Yeah. yeah, sure. And that's how I started going down the rabbit hole on YouTube way back in the day. Uh, now it's lights, big lights, big cameras. You know, I, I, I wish we could go back to the simpler time because I think the community was a lot tighter back then um, than it is now. Because back then they had video replies. You could reply in a comment. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And that I think that was a great way to have dialogue with the community. And that's how I started watching like Jeff Cavanaugh and, and even Tex Grebner, as crazy as Tex is, you know, he still has a voice in what he's doing. You know, it's just, it, it's crazy, but I'll tell you right now, I talk to Tex on a, on a regular basis. 
I talked to him like a, a daily basis. <laughs> and I, and I, so I said, text, can you get on my show? He goes, I, I, I'm, um, I forget the Latin he used for, for like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not. Persona non grata. Persona non grata. Yeah. Persona yeah. non grata in archery right now. So, so I'm like, dude, you know what? Controversy is controversy. But anyway, and, and sometimes, you know, um, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I guess say it anyway. We'll cut it out later. I kind of think of him and you in the same time kind of vein. And I, I know that's kind of, no, bad. that's fine. Tech Tex is a personal friend of mine. It, we don't agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, because sometimes he gets a little way out there in left field without a, without a mitt. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and if Tex is watching this, he knows I love, I love him to death. And because uh, we all came up at the same time. He started in 2006, 2007, around that same time. So, you know, it, yeah, he's it's, a, it's been a wild ride. It, and that's what's so fun about what we do. Hey, yeah. before we go, before we go, before, I for, almost forgot to ask you, uh, cowboy yeah. hat, cowboy hats. Okay. You are, you, you, you do a whole episode on cowboy hats. Like, mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Tell me about where, where you get that from. I mean, you're from well, East Coast, West Coast, you know. When I, when I came, well, one, I always grew up loving Roy Rogers, Dale Evans, Gene Autry, yeah. John Wayne, you know, it, with my age being 55, soon to be 56, you know, that those were our heroes, Clint Eastwood, Pale Rider, you know, things Absolutely. like that. So coming out to San Diego, believe it or not, 35, 36, 37 years ago, you didn't have to travel too far outside of the metro area, and you were in ranch land. Yeah. Horse ranches, cattle ranches, people were team roping, bull riding. Not that I ever did that. I wanted to, but, you know, just <laughs> my wife was like, oh, hell no, you're not doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm just crazy enough to get my neck broke. But, um, my daughter was riding. Uh, I, I got her lessons when she was young. She rode for 10 years English uh, riding, and she was jumping posts and things like that for 10 years. And we were following the rodeo circuit. So make a long story short, I had been wearing cowboy hats for a lot of years. I didn't show it on the channel because, you know, I didn't think people you know oh yeah he's doing this where's your horse you're not a western channel then one day i said you know what i'm always wearing a hat everybody thought you know that i had a hair piece or whatever and i said you know what i'm just gonna do whatever the hell i want so um now i'm sponsored by pro hats they're a um, cowboy hat company and uh i just love that western lifestyle matter of fact we were in vegas about a month ago to PBR yeah, uh, watching bull riders out in Vegas about a month ago. And uh, then I went to Fort Worth uh, to the stockyards. They have a great rodeo at the stockyards in Fort Worth. Yeah. So I follow that whole genre. I mean, I travel all over the Southwest uh, going to rodeos and just do do you, man. I, I love the fact that you're again, again, I mentioned this at the very beginning, you do what, that's what's great about your channel. You know, you, you do what you like, man. You do the things that you like and that comes across. And I, I really appreciate that. Like I ser- sincerely do. Thank um, you. 
yeah so just just keep up doing what you you, you love to do you love cowboy hats then get it done, man. I love it. I love it. If you try to please everybody, you're not going to be happy. No. You, you have to do what you have a passion for. I wouldn't go and as far as shooting myself in the leg or anything like that. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in you know what? I I talked to that individual. That accident could have happened to anybody. Yeah. When, you know, when you're doing quick draw, that's why when you're at a gun range. That's why there's nobody does that for that reason. Yeah. And those holsters are, you know, those Blackhawk holsters. Like, and I'm not saying bad about those holsters, just that if your hand's not in the right spot, it's easy to light one off. (laughs) I mean, we've all, if you shoot a lot, you've had a negligent discharge at least (laughs) once in your life. If you, if you've done that, but it, that just to segue into the air gun stuff as well. Yeah. That community is almost like the trad archery community. Is it really? That's awesome. It is because it's one of the most misunderstood communities because everybody, when you tell folks, yeah, I shoot pellet rifles and they're like, Oh, Daisy BB guns. And I'm like, no, there's 50 cal pellet rifles that are taken Buffalo. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, mind blow and the way the technology is now it it's just they're getting the velocities they're getting the foot pounds it's just amazing and it's just fun to see where all this is going um especially on the trad side too with new glues new fiberglass the technology is taking these bows to the next level and i think mick that we're in a renaissance era of trad archery yeah. you know i i was lucky enough to grow up you know in the 70s they were transitioning out of trad archery because uh, compounds were the new and improved thing right and through the 70s and 80s you know trad bows got left behind i'm seeing a lot of folks now because i go to the bow and arrow shop sponsor the channel had to throw that in there that's no problem i go in there there's a lot of folks that are leaving compound bows because every year you have to buy the new and improved when old and lousy work just as good. Absolutely. I have an, I have an ancient, ancient compound bow that I could still knock tens out on. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it, it's just not, it's not, it's not, that's the feeling you're exactly right. I mean, people are getting back to this saying like, you know what? I don't need all the gear. Just give me a wooden bow. You know, I got to figure the arrows out. Arrows are always that that barrier to you know to 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 making it simple. People say, "Nah, stick and, stick and string is simple." It's it, nah, man. You got to know how to you got to know how to tune your arrows to be successful and be happy, right? So, and other than that, I mean, if you got someone that you can lean on or you got a channel you can go to to talk to people, um, you know, then then you know you you can get up and running a stick bow with a you know, for 150 bucks and you're, you're out the door, even hunting, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what's good about the time, the period frame that we live in. I bought that shrew bow and I went on to, uh, they have a Facebook group. Henry Bodnick himself is in the group. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to ask Henry pick his brain. What's the best arrow for me, for my draw, for this poundage, this, that, he messages me personally with what he would, 
what he would build as an arrow. Insert, what he's using for a, a tip, the spine weight, everything. I go and I, and I, I make it and it's perfect right out of the gate. I love that. Yeah, paper tuned it i mean it's it's just boom perfect and i'm like i told him i go you're the modern day fred bear right now yeah um, you know as an as an ambassador for trad archery on a manufacturing level he has that enthusiasm <laughs> and such a love for our sport and i mean he's doing a lot of cool stuff Dude, i wish there. i I know. So there's so many. So um, Shrew and Bodnick bows. Um, just you know, I'd like to shoot every single one of the new lineup. Like I'd like to, I'd like to get one of every single. Let me one. tell you, uh, they're they're an outstanding bow. You, I don't think anybody would be um, disappointed with that. Now, a great story when I when I called uh, to order my bow. Ron LeClaire picks up the phone himself and I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's been my idol, like freaking all my life. Right. Cause yeah. there's videos on YouTube of Ron shooting quarters out of the air with a longbow. And I'm, you know, I'm just saying the whole time I'm just trying, Mr. LeClaire, I <laughs> want to purchase. A and he, Sonny, can you get to the point, you know, <laughs> you don't understand, Mr. LeClaire, you know. That's the way I was about Wingman 115 coming on my show. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, here's the thing with me. I'm just a good old boy. I take the trash out. I have a passion for all this, for all this stuff. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You know, yeah. and if it can help grow the sport, it's a win. It's a win. I don't do it for the money. You know, no, I'm, no, no. We, we, we don't have no big sponsors here at the channel. I wish we did to help with the gas money because it's close to five bucks a gallon now in SoCal. Oh, but, ouch. Yeah. So it's getting crazy. But uh, we have a good time. We stay humble. I'm thankful for every view. I don't care if I get a hundred views on a video or a hundred thousand views on a video. If one person gets the passion to pick up a bow, to pick up an air gun, to go, to go uh, camping and practice some primitive living skills or whatever, that's a win. That that's a win right there. Hey, so this is the last thing I won't okay. take, take any more of your time. Just one more question for you. Sure. So you brought it up. Um, you, you equated uh, air rifle shooting to target archery, the, the equivalency there. That's awesome. So I asked you about archery, right? I asked you what bows you had and stuff like that. I don't want to know every single uh, air gun you own, but what if I want to get into um, shooting an air gun? What would, you, what would you recommend as my first air gun? Well, the, the thing is, there's so many different styles of uh, air guns. You have a CO, just real quick unabridged version. You have CO2. Yep. The only thing with CO2, it's temperature regulated. Anything under 60 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, then you're going to have issues with performance. Then you have what's called springers, those break barrel type. Mm -hmm. uh, then in that springer genre, they have a gas ram version. Yep. So, um, 
And then you go up to what we call the high pressure air, the pre-charged pneumatic air guns that are uh, pressured to 3000 PSI or up to 4,500 PSI. It all depends on what you're going to do. That's the first thing I, I tell somebody, I ask them, I go, what do you want to do with it? Do you, do you want to hunt with it? Do you want to plank? How often do you plan on using it sort of thing? If you're just starting out, maybe uh, one of those uh, gas ram Benjamin Nitro, just brake barrel guns. It's not going to break the bank. 200 bucks. You get a 20, 22 caliber or 25 caliber. Great shooter. Uh, now the pre-charged pneumatic guns, though, are also in that. range, but then you need a pump or you need a uh, compressor and it's just a big rabbit hole that you start going down. But um, I would start off with maybe a brake barrel. If you decide that you like it, you're out there, you're squirrel hunting, you're bird hunting, you decide you want to take it to the next step. Then you're just limited by how much you want to spend. You know, that you're looking over your shoulder. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Credit card receipt comes in, making sure the wife's not watching, you know? But uh, there's some good ones out there. I I mean, I did a video review on on the DAR dynamic air rifles. That was 25 caliber. I got a coyote this year with it. Yeah, I saw that. I saw Um, it. Amazing. uh, You know, you remind me of Fred Eckler. Right there, right there. That's crossover. He he does a great video. You did a great video on, on bringing down a dog. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Really, and that's the thing, you know. It, we're all not just we all just don't like one flavor of ice cream, you know. And it's okay to like trad archery and like other sports sure. as well. Um, if you want to get good at trad archery, by you, you need to shoot a lot. Yeah. And in the past couple of months, I've kind of been slacking off. I got to get back into it because deer season is starting up for us in a couple of weeks, Me too. but, uh, you know, it's like anything. And that's the thing. It's a perishable skill. In my, in my opinion, trad archery is a perishable skill. It's almost like throwing free throws in basketball. If you're not practicing a couple times a week, you're, you're going to be okay, but you're not going to be just hitting buckets all day long. Yeah. And yeah. That's the good thing about having a little range on the side of my house. Is I'm just able to grab a bow and go out and quick, you know. It is, it is important to, to practice. Hey, oh, John, you know, thanks very much again for coming on the show. Yeah. Really, really appreciate you, man, reaching out, you know, a small content creator, talking to a massive uh, influencer in the community. So I really appreciate it, man. Um, thanks, everyone, for sticking around and watching. Uh, don't forget, go over to John's channel, subscribe if you haven't already. He's got a I'm sure you already have, uh, but don't forget to subscribe and like this, this content and comment, man. Uh, the comments really help us out. So even if you are a subscriber of John's, go over to there and watch some more of his videos, but make sure you comment at the end too. Like say something, say, Hey, John, how are you doing? How's things? That sort of thing. It all, it all helps the algorithm, helps us to grow the community. So really appreciate everyone. Uh, appreciate you again, John. Thanks very much. Everyone will uh, call it a, a day. Thank you. See ya.